Melanated family, we are back. Brand new episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast. I'm happy to be back with my sister, Sonia Williams-Lewis. Sonia, how you doing today? I am fabulous. We are, I mean, imagine this, y'all. We're about to be in August tomorrow. Already. Like I'm, I'm tripping off that mentally. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can, I remember the first day of this year. Yeah, yeah. And I remember things from each month of this year. Like, mm-hmm. how did we get here so quickly? Yeah. Yep. Time definitely be flying, and to everybody listening, it's some. It seems like it coincides with your age too. <laughs> when. <laughs> No, nah, I'm getting younger. I don't know about nobody else. When you when you're getting a little older, it seems like to me, time just be flying. Right, Birthdays right. be coming by. Christmas be just coming and going. You know right. what I mean? Yep. It's, it's hard to get a handle on it sometimes. I think what happens, Sonia, I think you begin to realize the value of time. Yes. You begin to realize how valuable your time is, your decision making. Absolutely. So you're looking at things a little bit differently. I remember being a kid and it was summer break. I didn't really get a grasp that it was three months. Right, right, right. I was just playing every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you was bummed when it was over. <laughs> bummed like, when it was hey. over. Yeah. And like, you ready for the school year? And I'm thinking it's actually nine months. It ain't even right. a year. Right. Once you're a parent, that damn school year fly by. But anyways. Fly by. Yes. Let's get it going. Brand new episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast. I'm your brother, Harrison. Happy to be back with my sister, Sonia. Now, we're going to talk about a few news stories, everybody. But the main topic of the show, and I want people to chime in on this, does it matter if your woman make more money than you? Like, how do we feel about that as black men and women? The person who makes more money, what are they entitled to? Do they get more say-so? Do they get to tell the other person what they should do or what, what they should not do? I was doing a lot of research for this topic, and it varies in how our people feel about this. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But Please do me a favor, everybody. Go to precisioncreates.com. Precision creates.com is the name of my website the name of the business is precision design studio where if you know somebody that needs customized t-shirts customized t-shirts i can do customized t-shirts any number that you need i also have um original apparel as well i don't have one of the shirts today but we have a melanated state of mind shirt we have a couple shirts dedicated to fathers i have the original podcast tee so do me a favor, man. Go to precisioncreates.com. Support a black business. We also do flyers and logos for anything that you got going on. You feel me? Right. So everybody, thank you for joining me today. Again, we're going to get into a few news stories. But the topic for the day, me and my sister going to discuss is, does it matter if your woman make more money than you? You feel me? And, and, and again, so I do another show during the week, but I'm learning how to save certain topics for Sonia. You know what I mean? It's like certain things, it's better discussed with a man and a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not beginning to learn that. You feel me? So let's get into it, man. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the Melanated Combo on YouTube. If you're watching the show on Facebook, hit the like button. Um, if you're not following me on Facebook, my name is Harrison Anderson. Follow me on Facebook. That's where the show um, films live. Yeah. So let's get into it. Sonia, first thing I want to talk to you about, Sonia, so... Joe Biden, let me, let me read something to you what Joe Biden is doing, right? So this week, President Biden signed a proclamation establishing the Emmett Till and Mammy Till Mobley yes. National Monument in Mississippi and Illinois. Yes. The new national monument will help tell the story of the events surrounding Emmett Till's murder, their significance in the civil rights movement in American history, and the broader story of black oppression, survival, bravery in america and everything else they 
because <laughs> I'm reading this shit from, from from the from the White House website, so they kind of butter it up to make it sound how they want Sonia. But first time you heard this, Sonia, because again, we talk a lot about white supremacy on this show, about racism, all the uh, uh, symbolism that's placed on our community. Right. And we know the story. Like we know the woman responsible for murdering this young man just right. died a few years ago and nothing yeah. happened to this woman at all, even though several attempts were made to arrest her, um, um, make her pay for what she did to this young brother. So when you seen this monument, how'd you feel about it, Sonia? First off, I was you already know I'm going to have mixed most emotions. So I always try to give both perspectives about things or, or multiple perspectives. Right. Mm -hmm. So over the the life and time of him transitioning due to this woman's accusation which led to his ultimate murder and and assassination and, and lynching um there has been there have been markers um that honor like the place where he had where he was murdered mm -hmm. and they've been vandalized time and time and time again and they've had to redo them and revamp them and all the kind of things and so part of me is like why I, I get it, Biden. I really do. I get that you are, are and I don't want to be, you know, a naysayer either and say that Biden is pandering to the black vote and the black consciousness. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly and truly believe he is a person that is moving under the auspice of humanity. Like this is the right thing to do. So we're going to do it. Yes. So my my only thing about any monument that that memorializes our folks who have been on the ground grassroots of the struggle um where the trauma and the harm and the oppression was firsthand experienced is that there needs to be better ways within um our government systems and we know that we can because mm -hmm. we, pr we protect buildings all the time we protect yep. white capitalist buildings um yep. when it has to deal with white capitalism building white wealth Mm -hmm. we, we protect those kind of things. So I'm wanting to see some kind of security so that I feel secure in the fact that these monuments will not be tarnished ever mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only bad, you know, side that I have to say about it is like we didn't have some we didn't have some markers and some monuments. Mm -hmm. And because of white supremacy, because of the threat of white to, to white comfortability they have found ways to destroy our monuments mm -hmm. and, and that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And so I just want to see us do better as a collective mm -hmm. when it comes to um, humanity. Yes. So I, so I definitely understand your sentiments regarding that Sonia, but I think like this situation in particular, now the monument was of a different individual. I right. may feel a little bit different, but with the Emmett Till situation, for years, like me and you was just talking about for years, we were well aware of the woman who got this man killed or got this right. young brother killed. The There were several attempts to try to arrest this woman and do different things um, using legalities to, 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 to make her be held accountable. And this never happened. So to me, this is more of a symbolism yeah. type of um, 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 type of situation because we had an opportunity to make this right. In yeah. situations like this, the only way to make injustice right is by applying justice and no justice was done. And, you know, and, and I think Biden, I was reading about just, you know, what he's attempted to do for the black community, yeah. how we are a really large constituency of 
people that he needs right in order to get elected so i think there is some symbolism there um and also just speaking about biden sonia i was looking at some of the initiatives that he tries to put forward right and it looks like politicians are always on an uphill battle because you have a, a, a whole nother side of it that has to agree to what you want to do. Right. So yeah, I can say I want to give money to HBCUs. I can say I want to hold police accountable, but a lot has to happen in order for this to take place. Now, let me ask you a quick question because you're, you're more keen to politics than I am. Do okay. you think that certain times politicians will introduce legislation Ooh. knowing the political process, knowing that it'll get held up, knowing that the other individuals who have to agree to it may not agree to it, but yeah. at least you can say you tried. Yeah. I think that that is definitely something for um, that many politicians, non-black politicians have considered. Hmm. Like, what is the implication if I do this, right? Because white power is white power and mm -hmm. we're talking about a white power structure. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are, it's almost like they have nothing to lose if they, mm -hmm. so what y'all going to turn it down. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I tried. I think conversely, when it comes to um, black and Brown politicians or marginal politicians for marginalized communities, um, it often is that thing that becomes, Oh, they did, did this and now we going to get them. And so mm -hmm. it's a hard, um, lying to tread if you introduce something that's controversial mm -hmm. um, because the efforts to get you out of that office is going to be higher than if you were a, a white person mm -hmm. and so i think it's different I, I but i i definitely think it's something that politicians think about like who i i, I was at um city council sacramento city council meeting last tuesday mm -hmm. and i was like okay the guard has changed i'm looking at these faces now i've been going to sacramento city council meetings for the past 20 years hmm. and this is for the first time the most women that are on the on the sitting at, at the dais um but there are no black women <laughs> let, hmm. let me just be very clear and honest right um there's one black man who has perpetuated and in my opinion upheld white supremacy because silence is violence hmm. um, and so the guard has changed but even with the guard changing, if the system doesn't change, if we don't say we're going to get together today and we all say, and, and I would even venture to say that the majority of the folks who are on that city council are Democrats. Hmm. So y'all, it's not like y'all fighting each other. Mm -hmm. So y'all can get the majority for the progressive movement, for the people who are constituents in this town who progressively put you in office and say, we have these needs, so do these things. Hmm. So no. I systems have to be the things that get challenged in order for laws to be impactful, if that makes sense. Definitely, definitely. And also something else I want to pick your brain about before we move forward. Like, what do you think, just reading things about Biden, the election coming up, everything going on with Trump, um, why does it seem like, because I'll have conversations with people about politics and I'll mention something that happened that I think is racist or that was unjust. and opposed to just speaking about the issue in the human side of it, everybody always goes to this Republican Democrat gangbanging shit where they'll say, right. you know, that shit, that, that was a Democrat who did that to you. Right. Why, why do you think like the Democratic Party, I have my feelings about it, but why do you think the Democratic Party has like such a stranglehold on the black community? Because I was reading some stuff about, hey, the, the 
some of us are not happy with Biden so far in the job that he's done. But right. when they surveyed people, so you're not happy with him, but would you vote for Trump or would right. you vote for DeSantis? You know what I mean? And yeah. their mentality is no, I'm going to still vote Democrat, yeah. even though I'm not happy with this president. To me, that don't make no sense. Sonia. It doesn't make sense. And I have been an advocate for the elimination of this two party system for mm. all of my political um career like i can remember getting out of high school and was like oh i get to vote i get to vote but i re also remember having conversations with my parents when it would be election time and they would be they would stress the importance of voting so it was passed down the conversation or the thought process of it being important was passed down from their generation to my generation. They did a really good job of making sure that I was prepared to be um, an educated, concerned voter. Mm -hmm. But what I witnessed from them was the, like you just said, voting for Democrat after Democrat and being let down, mm -hmm. right? So I can remember that there was a time period and, and you know, hopefully my mama's not watching this this episode. Maybe she catching it and, and I, I have to give her a little caveat and be like, watch this by yourself because I don't want you getting in your feelings. So there was a time period that um, she was like, well, bump this. I'm going to vote Republican and I'm going to see if it, if they do something that, that helps my own interest. Mm -hmm. And so that's the question that I ask people. Is this individual going to do something that hinders your progress so so that's sometimes what we don't realize we always looking for you know that golden you know pie in the sky where's the rainbow where, where did i get more money but my question that i ask you when you go and vote is did they make your life worse trump made our life worse and i can give you a litany of, of policies that made our lives worse mm -hmm. has biden made our lives worse and so that's the question that I have to, I'm not saying has he made my life better? Cause that's mm. a whole totally different question. Definitely. Has he made our, and when I say our collectively for black folks, for marginalized groups, for poor folks, have, has his policies and his time in office made our life worse? So therefore I'm going to still lean towards, but I, I gave you that caveat in the beginning. I am not in agreement with a two-party system. I think we have more room, more growth to do around politics. And I think that we can do better mm -hmm. um, because Democrats and Republicans, when it comes to black folks, they stab us in the back every time. We can literally pull the knife out of our backs. We can see, we can turn around and look in the mirror and be like, yep, I remember when you stuck that knife in. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that was back in 1982 when you did that that war on drugs. Yeah, we know yep. the time. There you go place in circumstance mm -hmm. um I, I think that we also have to do democrats in particular have to do a better job with their messaging like and and, and serve it like republicans are very <laughs> astute about their messaging mm -hmm. they're, they're like no we're not going to do that yeah it might sound a little racist and we're okay because we're still not going to do that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? period there's no questions about it but democrats oftentimes they straddle the fence in a way that it, it the, the talk is like they got two talking heads and it's like we want to do this but if we do it then they gonna feel a certain kind of way and and i gotta go home at night to with people who look like me who gonna not vote for me if i do that so yeah um that's the unfortunate downside about a two-party system and i i hope that the next generation like i have i really and truly harrison i have faith in our young folks these days i do i do i do i i feel hopeful about the future mm -hmm. i think they are going to change some shit that we ain't ready for 
Hopefully. Saying some stuff that we probably dreamed about and thought about and was like, hmm, what would even happen if that happened? Mm-hmm. And can we do that? But we doubt ourselves because we still are the spooks that sit behind the door. We still are the we are those imposters in our own head saying that they ain't gonna they ain't gonna roll with us if we do that. Yeah. But yeah. if we don't try, I tell my kids all the time: a try ain't nothing but a try. A ask ain't nothing but a ask. And if you don't try, and if you don't ask, you never know what might not happen. This is very true. This is very true. I just hate that we get put in this position every four years. So. Yes. You know, I'm not telling people to kind of def- divorce the political system or not right. be involved. I say just look at that as one piece. I've, yeah. I, I've said it a lot more radical before, but yeah. I say it now like don't there's other ways. If you're looking to improve your day to day life, improve your community, there's a lot of ways to do it. Absolutely. The political forum is one of the ways change can happen. I just don't like when people in our community commit to the political process, but don't commit Over to the, the community. Yes. Don't commit to the community building and lose sight of what they can do in a right in a goddamn neighborhood. Like right. a lot of us, there's more power you can wield. For one, we need to work together. I think it, yes. it may sound too ambitious, but I think if we voted as a block of people, like if black folks said we're all, and this is that would be so incredibly powerful and i know that we can we yeah. are the if you collectively add up the the wealth of black folks in our country alone in america mm-hmm. alone black mm-hmm. americans yeah our economic power is the would be equivalent to the seventh largest economy in the world don't tell me we can't do this political thing this is a fact this is a fact i just think we you know we we've been brainwashed We've been beaten down well, and we've been downtrodden for so long that yeah. a lot of times we believe in the hype and we just want to feel good. So I want them Jordans. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck putting Tell this money you. into a pool or something so Tell I can get a tour of my homeboys. I just want this Jordans because it's that short term thinking right. that a lot of us have to. It it may take some time to get out of this mindset because we were raised and you know what I mean? This this right. system did a number on it has done us. a huge number on us. I can remember graduating from college or leaving Atlanta and on our drive back, we stopped in, in Dallas. My aunt, this was during um, the first round, first time that um, Bill Clinton was running for president. Mm-hmm. And my aunt was like a, she is a political powerhouse in Dallas. Like you say my auntie's name and she, she moving things. And so she had asked, asked me that year. She was like, you know, next year is a um, an election year. What are you going to do when you get back to California to move the political agenda for, for the voices of young people? Because I'm mm. counting on you as now an educated black woman who is going to have more, more economic power than traditionally our community has. What are you going to do to, to even and level the playing field? Mm-hmm. And so I said, Auntie, I'm really disillusioned by the political system. I don't think that I'm going to vote. And she almost had a heart attack. And then mm-hmm. she went into this very concise, clear. I have never had someone explain politics with such clarity. She said, bump who's president. Worry about your local politics, because at the at, at the local level, that, that's the litmus test. So if, if they if you figure out that you can do something in Sacramento, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, it, it's a rinse and repeat. Hmm. Local politics is not as harsh and um, 
the clog, the wheel doesn't clog up mm -hmm. as easily mm -hmm. as the national level. So yeah. we have to take those things into consideration because running for a local, you know, one of my girls, one, one of my um, good, good girlfriends, um, Spelman graduate, one of my Spelman sisters is running for Sacramento mayor, right? Mm. This mm. will be the first time a black woman is running from, not running for mayor, but will hopefully be elected to mayor. Yeah. Um, she's not taking any money from unions. She's not taking any money from, um, um, the environmentalist and, and, um, mm. and big oil. She's not taking any money from law enforcement. Mm -hmm. It is really and truly a grassroots effort. And it's going to require, because Sacramento is so diverse, it's going to require more than just us as black folks. It's going to require right. building some bridges with our brown um, brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. with our Asian brothers and sisters, with our Middle Eastern brothers and sisters, where anti-blackness still exists to a high degree. So when we can break down those conversations at a local level, because I can touch flow, right? People tell me all the time, Sonia, when are you running for a political office? I'd be like, please, we're not. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to, Sonia? I, I, I don't want to say that I don't want to, and, and I'm not going to take it off the table. But what I am going to say is I know the danger of the political machine on the other side targeting children. Mm. My babies are still babies. And so I'm, I, I, it is on my you know, bucket list of things to consider. And, and when I do, everyone will know. And I'm expecting everybody to go in their pockets because it takes a <laughs> penny, a huge penny to yeah. run an election. But I, I just don't want to put my babies through that. I know that when I was active in Black Lives Matter, I know that that's going to come up. You know, I know that they're going to pull up, pull up footage of me cussing out the, the, the mayor or, or you know, <laughs> cussing out Scott Jones, the whole protest in front of his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His kids and his family was, you know, um, <laughs> Felt like they were at harm and danger by seven black women standing across the street with you know hoodies on with a candle <laughs> for a candlelight vigil because y'all didn't murder X amount of people and we were quiet. And he mm -hmm. said his family felt like they were threatened. <laughs> but I know those kind of things will come up in conversation, and I would have to be focused on those things rather than the issues. And mm -hmm. that's part of I think where we get caught up is yeah, we have so many good intentions, so many qualified people to run for our political offices, even at the local level, they don't because th these are the, these are the extra traumas. Th that would be trauma on me and my babies. And I, and I right now, I don't want to put them through that. You know, the youngest is 10. And so give me a few years. Give me, you know, now that's a good point. Give me a decade. That's <laughs> a good point. It makes sense. You running for office, your whole family running for office. The whole family is running. Everybody gets involved. How many times do yeah. they say um, Biden's son, right? Yeah. His name comes yeah. in conversation all the time. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's definitely a fact. So, yeah, no, that was that was that was good. Sonia. So the long and short of it is, I mean, do we need the Emmett Till monument? Maybe, you know, for some people, they can see that as a source of empowerment. To me, yeah. it's just a reminder of how y'all done that young brother wrong. Y'all had the opportunity to fix that in real time and it never happened. Time. Right. So and in modern time, because when they yes, before yes. she died, I was in favor of her old ass going to sit in jail and yeah. prison. That would have been powerful. But they didn't do that. The message that would have sent if we if we would have seen an eighty year old woman getting handcuffed oh, and brought man. to jail. I was the elation of that. Give me a monument of that shit. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. on to the next story. So please hit the like button, subscribe to the yeah. Melanated Combo either on Facebook or uh, YouTube. So speaking of voting in politics, on something else, I want to pick your brain about because this was in a this is a small town in Alabama. Yeah. So uh, uh, New Bern, Alabama. 
a black man named Patrick Braxton decided to run for mayor, like in 2020, of this small town, right? Keep it in mind that this was a small town kind of built on racism, probably one of them sundown towns, that the town was built on that type of structure. So from its inception to the late 1800s to now, Sonia, the town has only had like two or three mayors and it's been nepotism. It's been white supremacy, meaning one white man die or get old. He just usher in whoever else he thinks needs to be the mayor. Well, this black man who, who volunteered as a firefighter, really helpful in the community, he decided, you know what? I want to run for mayor too. He looked at the loopholes and how to do the process, but because even though, well, because it was only two or three mayors throughout the town's history, it wasn't um, set in stone. How do you become the mayor? What road do you take? So he found the loopholes to become mayor, Sonia, but these white folks did everything they could to keep him out of office. They even went to the degree of having a, a, a meeting without him to again like maneuver around the rules in the in in the in, in the political ideology they had just to make sure he wasn't mayor right yeah. so when i look at this sonia because this is in a small town in new Bern, i think it's 200 and some odd people yeah in in the actual town now it's 85 percent black so sometimes i think when i look at any any town or or environment where it's majority black people in my mind, I'd be like, shit, why don't we just raise up and do what we got to do to take it over? You know what I mean? But we know how that can go. Right. But when you look at something like this, this because, again, you're more well versed at politics than me. But this looks like something that happens on a larger scale as well. Yeah. Just not as evident at like this situation. So and another good part of this, like one of the good parts of this to me is this brother's actually suing him. Yeah. So opposed to just taking because. Since 2020, Sonia, he's been getting harassed. Yeah. He's been getting they, they they've been trying to intimidate him in all type of ways. This brother's like a, a a firefighter. Like he volunteers to be a firefighter, and when a fire happens or something, they lock him out of town hall. Right. They create all these loopholes, even at the detriment of other people. He said, Sonia, he was also like uh, 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 helping the police department, like firefighter, yeah. like just the police department. And there was like a 911 call for a black lady who had a heart attack or something, and they maneuvered that situation so he yeah. couldn't get there in time, right? So okay. at the detriment of people's lives, they act this way. So when you see a situation like this about a small town, what do you think? So again, small town politics is the litmus for what we can get away with or how progressive we can be. And so mm. white folks in this town have proven to Alabama that our political power and structure is going to sustain itself. And here's how we are going to sustain itself. Um, from what I've gathered and, and doing a little bit more research on New Bern, it, it was a town that was incorporated during slavery. Mm-hmm. They had a high production of cotton. And so cotton was king, um, even after the emancipation. And so I, I would venture that the majority of those who are still in power to this day in 2023 or 2020 when the last election took place, that those families have been able to transfer the wealth um, from generation to generation. Um, One of the tactics that they've used is to lock him out of city politics by physically locking him out. Literally locking him out, locking the door in. Literally. (laughs) And so 
I think that the only way, and, and I'm I'm 100% in favor of this federal civil rights lawsuit, right? Because I think if they have, and not I think, remember, we, we, we have to change the narrative around what we want based on how we say and approach certain things. So I know for certain that if there is a judgment against the town, against the folks who are locking the loophole to the political structure there in New Bern, um, he will get some assistance to come in and not just shake up things for his own um, protection, protection for himself physically, but protection mm-hmm. of the, the um, um, position that he was elected to upheld. Mm-hmm. And so what that does from a federal perspective is it provides funding, um, right? He will get a judgment, hopefully in his favor, that says you've been harmed in this kind of way. This is how you were prevented from doing your job um, this kind of way. And here is um, com- um, um, the, here's some financial um, piece to compensate you for that. Mm-hmm, On the mm-hmm. flip side of that, it sends a message to again, the white power structure, the families that have been able to pass on generation to generation, not just the laws and the money, right? Mm -hmm. But what the cultural standard is in that town, that this is Mm -hmm. the way that we do things. Um, Because I, I, you know, um, I don't know a a huge amount of history about this young man, Mm -hmm. um, but he's lived there all his life. And I Mm -hmm. would venture to say that um, some of our, our elders in our community are stuck on the old guard. And so they oftentimes turn the cheek. And so turning the cheek hasn't gotten us very far. And and I am not an advocate for violence. And so I'm not saying slap a person instead of turning the cheek. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that there are other ways that you can galvanize like there's no if if y'all shut if y'all lock the door, I'm I'm bringing tw- twenty pookies in them to break in the building. There we go. There like, we go. Why are we not thinking outside of the box when it comes to how we are challenging these systems, these norms that have had a stronghold? Because mm-hmm. that's the question that I have. I I don't want to be the do good Negro who like is going to be to themselves. Um, I'm going to be talking about, oh, well, we're just going to wait for them to come and take care of us. We're going to wait for them to do the right thing. I I, I have never been able to get down with, um, one, I, I can't, I'm not going to turn the other cheek. And this is, look, this is a town, 85% black. And yes. the, m- mentioning the old guard and how older black people do shit, sometimes we need to lend our thinking to how the young people get down. Right. Like the young people do a lot of bullshit. Let's be honest, but they don't care. Like what <laughs> what they want, they go after. They go after. They, it. They, they not they not holding on to histories of being treated a certain way. They gonna get what they want. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. in this situation, sometimes, like you said, he should have showed up because he was elected. Like that was his job. You yes. show up with all them young dudes in town who you know with it, and do what you gotta do. Like sometimes you gotta be bold. That's why I'm happy the brother is at least. filing a lawsuit because this put a target on his back because this story is in all the news cycles so everybody from that town which is hot right now 
This Every- is when you get some action right now because yeah. on the first day that I was elected, I would have every lock in the, every every municipal municipal building within that city. I would have changed all the locks would have been changed. Y'all couldn't lock me out of something that y'all have historically by election locked us out of. You could mm-hmm. not have. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I mean by the power and the will of young folks, because they just completely think they'd be like, OK, it's just the building. Let's mm-hmm. break some windows. Let's get up in there and do what yep. we got to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And people will will deem us violent or aggressive in all these terms they use. Yeah. But in a lot of these situations, you're being the aggressor. Yeah. So if the system is being the aggressor, we've seen, like you just mentioned, turning the other cheek, deciding not to do nothing. Yeah, that's the the little bit of progress we've been able to make so far. Yeah, hasn't been able to happen by doing that. So you got to be willing to fight. You got to be yeah. sometimes you got to be willing to put your ass on the line, and whatever happens happens. Because as we can see, all of us who know history, the the individuals who who have put their life on the line for us, I don't think. It was worth nothing. I yeah. think that actually helped. I think that actually helped move the needle forward, even if it's just our mentality changing and seeing a a, 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 a a symbol or a person that was able to do things on their own two feet, opposed to always getting on your goddamn knees, opposed to always right. looking to the ground. This ain't the 60s or the 50s. Let's get this shit popping. Like, right. shit, how, <laughs> I'm going to die one day. Like, right. uh, the, 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 however that happens, that happens. But shit, today... I'm going to have to fight for my people because the kids yeah. are watching. The people Absolutely. coming up behind you are watching. You see? So, yeah, he could have caused more ruckus and got them goddamn keys. And I would have been sitting in there when they were when they when they had that. We had to have, we should have had there should have been a transfer plan. Like, what is this gonna look like for us? Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes we just expect that folks are gonna do the right thing, even it never though we know that they have proven that they will never do the it right thing. It never happens. Thing. We and need so to get on the same I, I like I move by how you give what energy you give. I, I got you. I'm matching your energy. So that if you grimy and gully, I've been watching you be <laughs> grimy, so I've mastered how to be grimy too i don't want to be grimy with you mm-hmm. but i know how because you've conditioned me to accept your grimingness mm-hmm. nah nah we can't do that no more so this we have right. to you know uh, oftentimes I, I i tell people all the time when i was a teacher i'm looking at the all the all the throwaways and i'm using that way word intentionally all the students that the ki- the other teachers have low expectations about mm-hmm. i'm building up that tribe I, as a teacher, I want to see them. Ex- I want to ha- see them have one moment where they felt like they were successful, where mm-hmm. they had one moment to say, "I passed that class," and I remember this teacher, and I remember that subject. I have so many students who come back to me and was like, "Miss Lewis, because no teacher ever told me that I could, I never tried." Mm-hmm. My mom and daddy told me I was smart at home. I figured stuff out at home, mm-hmm. right? I could read the manual and set up a TV or set up this, that, and the other. <laughs> But my teachers don't trust me to be able to read a book and mm-hmm. pass a test. So I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to sit in a class and not be disruptive. But I'm not going to pass because they don't believe in me anyway. This is a fact. Yep. So we got to change that narrative. Believe that I. So, and, and, and you know, you asked the question earlier, what I consider, you know, running. Believe me when I tell you, if I run for any political office, I'm coming to shake some shit up. Uh-huh. It's not going to feel normal. Is mm-hmm. I I want us to feel uncomfortable because that's the only when those shoes get tight on your toes as a kid, and you had to go tell your mama my 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 toe is hurting. It wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. when that first little you know for us women I'm gonna use this as an example. 
I can remember that there were some cute ass shoes that I wanted so bad, and it was a half size too small. <laughs> I bought them son of a suckers anyway. <laughs> I promise you, I bought them. They was cute, Harrison. Cute. <laughs> and I only would. It had an expiration. Yeah. I, I can only wear them shoes for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Then they had to come off your feet. They huh? had to come off because they were then beginning to rub and do that thing thing that it do. Yeah, you yeah. got a boil or a blister on, and then you got to recover from that no matter what kind of shoe you wear. Yeah, You're yeah, going to yeah. feel it still. So, yet growing pain is the only way to accept change. We have yep, to grow gonna, together. There we go. There we go. And, I, and I'm happy that this brother seen yeah. like the political indifference in his little town and decided to do something. But we have to be bold, y'all. Yes. And because everything you're talking about with running for office, that makes sense to me. But we don't need black folks to get in office and then commence to uh, um, abiding by the status quo. Doing that. That shit, that shit doesn't help us. Now, if you just got in politics to have a job and it's something you was interested in, you got to be honest and tell us, I ain't come here to help you. Niggas. Right. I'm 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 here for me. I'm here for money. I'm here yeah. for political clout, whatever it may be. But I'll, but we look at somebody black in a political um, um, position and we think, ooh, help. Right. But that's not or the case. You, the or you or you're in political <laughs> office to be that that Captain Saver or yeah. that, or or your poverty pimping. You mm -hmm. know, so they, they play the they know the roles that they play. And I'm saying those those terms because usually the the poverty pimp and the um. Those who are, you know, saying, oh, I want to be a captain saver. Those are you, you look, you're Democrats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm mm -hmm. just being honest, right? Yeah. So, you know, the Republicans going to be like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. We don't need that. We need to, you know, cut the budget and, you know, do this, that and the other. Don't we want less government? Yeah, mm -hmm. we do. But we want, we want the government that we have. We want the system that we have to work to benefit those who are less uh, who have are on the margins those who mm -hmm. are um struggling the most so yeah i i want i don't want you coming into my hood like you know i i, I can drop names i, I don't want mayor daryl steinberg to come into our hoods mm -hmm. and i can remember when george floyd was murdered and we had a a, a protest at caesar chavez park for like 13 days straight in a row this mm -hmm. sucker came and took a knee when he when I will tell you, um, a year before that, when Stefan Clark was murdered, he admonished me. He admonished me in public as if I weren't an educated, hardworking, employed mm -hmm. adult, right? Mm -hmm. Who was literally thinking outside of the box to fix the problem. But you're going to admonish me like I'm a child and tell me, go That's sit down right. over there. That that That's childish behavior. We don't mm -hmm. want... You're too smart for that. You don't get to admonish. You don't. Who are you to admonish Kaepernick for taking a knee? Who mm -hmm. are you to admonish the the brothers in 1968 who raised their fists in it? Who? Why? Yes. Why is um um you know political correctness so much more valuable than the humanity of each and every one of us? Like I, right. I'm like under the the um auspice I work under. If all of us can't get it, then none of us can get it. You're goddamn right. That's why we need to be like, understand, try to get a, a, a the best understanding of politics that you can, but really just be someone who seeks to help people, Yeah. who seeks to do what's right. That's why when it comes time for voting, 
it shouldn't even be about Democratic Republican. It should it, not. Who who can do a better job? Who's who can do a better who do I feel job? Is not gonna lie to me. And for my opinion, for people who say they want to sit out, do what you want to do, but have another have another plan of action to help yeah. your people or to address yeah. whatever issue you think is pressing in your life. You feel me? So shout out to this brother. I want to say his name one more time because yeah. he, he is putting his ass on the line. Patrick Braxton. It's a 57 year old man. So good. Good for this brother. Like you yeah. shouldn't look, man, you shouldn't live your whole damn life on your knees. No. At some point, you're going to have to say, fuck it. Right. I'm I'm going to go for it. And wherever it uh, uh, wherever I end up is where I end up. You feel yeah. me now for the topic, Sonia, as a woman, because I got a lot to say about this, but as a woman, and you, a woman that's married, have yeah. children, yeah. right? So this, this is a, this will be a good conversation. So I was on the internet the other day, mm -hmm. and I clicked on some video on accident, and this was a dude going in about how if I come home at two o'clock in the morning, you, you, you <laughs> your ass better wake up, your ass better wake up and make my food. Then I was intrigued. I was like, damn, why would the brother say this? You know what I mean? And he was like, I pay all the bills, so your ass better get up and make food when I get oh. home, you know what I mean? So, and they had a very spirited conversation about this okay. topic. And that made me think, damn, does it matter who makes more money when it comes to black men and black women specifically, not for like the greater society, but just for our community in general, does it matter who makes more money? Like if the man makes more money, does that give him the right to say what should happen in the house? Damn near tell the woman what to do. I need my right. food cooked at this time feed the kids. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that really matter? Because real quick, before you give me your response, Sonia, I was looking at just, just for, for black folks to be aware, because we look at social media and we look at the Jay-Z's and Beyonce's. So we thinking, I think we have a disillusion about how much money I we actually have as a people, as a people in totality, right? So right. this is from the uh, Department of Social Security, right? This is for last year. So when we look at black men, I'll go to black men first. Black men between the ages we see here black men between the ages of 20 to 29 mm -hmm. make about 19,000 a year, 30 to 39, about 34,000 a year, 40 to 49, about 47, 50 to 59, about 48. Now, black women, the, the same time period, okay. uh, 20 to 29 year old, 19,000 a year, uh, wow. 30 to 39, 31,000, 40 to 49, 38, 30, I'm sorry, 36,000, 50 to 59 years old, 42,000. So the amount of money that we make like in total, not talking about celebrities or rappers. So we're talking about averages then. We're not talking average. about individuals. We're talking about Correct. averages. And I think that that's important for people to hear. These numbers are important. Uh, like we got, we have really, because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like at 29, did I make that little bit? <laughs> I was like, nah, <laughs> but okay. Average, so we start average. average. Okay. Gotcha. That's, that's average. So the question I have for you, Sonia, being a woman, does it in your mind, like, does it matter if you make more money than the man or he makes more? So for me at the individual, I'm saying no, um, it doesn't matter who makes more money. We have to collectively decide how our household is going to be run to the best of our abilities. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a firm believer that uh, gender norms are not, not something that I subscribe to um, um, because uh, I was raised <laughs> by a single mama. And so I saw her struggle and I didn't know we was poor, poor until I went to college and, you know, poor hit me in my face mm -hmm. when I couldn't call home. And she'd be like, oh, I can send you $30 mm -hmm. for the month. Mm -hmm. That's a dollar a day. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that was back in um, 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I realized then what were my economic statue was in the, in the world. Um, I will say that people have to be honest about what their beliefs, their the cultural traditions that they want to uphold in their mm-hmm. home. I'm not going to knock my best girlfriend or any of my friends if their spouse makes more. And then you say that if you bring home more to the household financially, that I should be responsible for doing more things in the home to yep. take care of. I'm not going to knock. If that works for you, let that be your, your thing. Mm-hmm. But as a woman who has had a an illustrious career, I've worked since the age of 13. I don't know what it feels like not to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can tell you that there were two of my six babies that I did stay home for extended periods of time. And when I tell you, baby, I was like, I need to get up out of here. <laughs> I, I, I can't handle, I'm not going to be the only person cleaning up after. <laughs> I. So, you know, ha- we had to have that conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're going to work eight hours outside the home. I'm working 12 to 15 to 18 hours inside the home. Mm-hmm. That's not equal. Mm-hmm. And you're not paying me to do it. So what a a person who's sitting at home not bringing in the money or not bringing in the most money, we don't want to devalue what their position is and their contributions can be to that household. Mm-hmm. I think equity at all levels is important. And so we as men and women, we as partners in life, we as not, even in single parent homes, we as um, adult and children need to understand this is what the fi- the financial stability of our our household as a collective looks like. And here's what we can be responsible for. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I'll give you one example. In my household, I can remember um, being pregnant with my fifth baby and the doctor put me on bed rest. And we live, we had an upstairs, downstairs. This is probably one of, this is what, this still is my favorite house that we lived in. Big house, like 3,500 square feet, um, five bedrooms, three baths, big, big house. But it had this winding staircase that if I'm on bed rest and bed rest, bed, my bed is upstairs, um, there are some limitations that I need to limit the amount of times that I walk up and down those stairs. Mm-hmm. And so my doctor was like, I got one thing that I, 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 she cannot do. She cannot do laundry. She cannot be lifting laundry baskets that are more than 10. She can't be lifting things period more than 10 pounds. Um, and so my husband heard that. And, and I think had it not been for the fact that she was another black woman that he trusted with the care of, his baby inside of me, I don't, he wouldn't have received that information from me. Mm. He wouldn't have received it from me saying, I need you to do more around the house. Cause I, I have been, you know, for X amount of years, but I need you to do more around the house. I need you to cook every once in a while. I will be the only cook in the house. Wait, but do, okay. What, real quick. Do you think to a degree, this is a generational thing because we have, sometimes we have older brothers who do come from, like, we have to be honest like the early inception of our families here in this country, at least we're not talking about back in Africa. That's a whole different damn topic. Right, right. If we're talking about America, that was the template. The man right. went out, brought home the food. The woman was in the house doing everything she needed to do. So do you think yeah. like sometimes that's based on age and it could be age or what you was, what you was taught in your house. Right. 
I agree. I, I 100% think that it's a generational thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, I know for sure that it couldn't have been ac the, across the board because my mother demanded certain things of, of my father and my mm -hmm. stepfather. And so she wasn't just the, I'm going to be the only, she, she was very outspoken and independent about how she was going to approach, um, this relationship and, 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 and marriage and, and the, um, the peace that she wanted to build in her house. Cause mm -hmm. at the end of the day it was, it's about peace. It's about peace mm -hmm. of mind, knowing that I've contributed and done my best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back to my doctor telling my husband that I needed to be on bed rest. I will tell you that was a godsend that she spoke up on my and advocated for me because from that pregnancy, from that baby being, I've never, for the past 10 years, for the past 15 years, I have not done laundry hmm. because he got it. Yeah. He was, and, and I told him, I said, you know, for me, it's like, once you start doing a thing, <laughs> you can't take that. You can't tell me you don't know how to do that. Yeah, no, I know. You know I, no, I, I told my, we taught our kids. I can remember that same baby because I was I I was on bed rest, and the doctor was like, even though you know you got a house full of hands, and so we mm. sat the or sat our boys down, the older boys, and was like, okay, we're gonna need help sometime. Mommy's gonna need help, especially if daddy's at work with mm. changing diapers and. Two of my boys in particular, I will never forget this, Harrison. They came to us one day and they was like, we got a solution. We're going to have a competition of who can change the most diapers. And I looked them both in their eyes and I said, this ain't nothing but a thing. I am cheering you on and I'm cheering you on. But baby, once you learn how to change a diaper, you can't tell me, no, you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So that means once you know how to do it, my expectation is that you're going to help do it. And, and you can't take back that skill. You learn how to wash dishes. You can't say, oh, I don't know how to clean the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Once you learn how to sweep real good, you <laughs> you can't say, I don't know how to. It's it's the opportunity to, to leverage equity. So, mm -hmm. you know, my boys, our household, it's about, I, I don't want you to grow up and not know how to not do these things. Mm -hmm. So we're going to rotate these chores around this house. You're going to know how to cook. Because yeah. I don't want you to get with any woman because you think you need her to cook for you. I want mm -hmm. you to be able to cook for yourself and cook for her, right? Um, make this an equitable thing um, because I think that we get caught up with gender norms. And I think that that's part of it. But I I, I do agree with what you said in regards to um, um, being it being generational. Um, my dad has had to learn. My dad is an awesome cook. Both of my, my fathers, both of them were awesome cooks. My mother never cooked. Hmm. My mother never cooked. She said, when she met my stepfather, she said, oh, you like to cook? She said, oh, I don't. I, think I, don't <laughs> I always clean the kitchen. That's, that's funny. But that's see, I think, Sonia, it's important. The thing about relationships to me, because I it, there's always a lot of talk about these type of things, yeah. right? And I think, especially being a man, right? I think these things just have to be established in the beginning. In the I beginning. I agree. Your, your ego starts to play tricks on you. Yes. You can allow friends and people around you to get in your ear only when a couple things is happening. When you didn't establish things early on. Yep. And to me, look, fellas, your woman can make more money than you, but you still got to be the man in the house. Yeah. You can yeah. do both. See, I'm I'm be honest. I had to learn that man in the house isn't a financial thing. Right. You, the, you, your input financially needs to happen, of course. And again, that's something y'all decide too. Who's gonna pay what? 
how are we going to pay it? That has to be decided. Right. But at the end of the day, man in the house is about leadership. It's about what you say yes to, what you say no to, how to dictate the pace in the home, being involved in all the decision making. Right. right. Because if this is something you establish in the beginning, you guys will know what to expect from each right. other. And I was reading something where this guy was kind of mentioning how, you know, whoever makes more money has more leverage in the relationship. And I don't personally, I don't think that's a fact. I think right. who you are creates the leverage because I know plenty of dudes who make way more money than a female, but the woman can kind of dictate what he can do or what he can't do. That's right. the mentality that he got. You know what I mean? And also I think leverage is, and shout out to my brother, Zoe Williams, the Zoe What Morning Show, guy I've been listening to for years. Okay. He mentioned something about leverage is created or the person who has more power in the relationship is the person who doesn't care as much. Like the person who is emotionally Ooh. inept, the, the person who emotionally, they're not there, right. right? So the other person is, because if you don't give a shit and the other person does, right. then that's gonna be more, that's gonna be more trying on their mentality, how they feel about stuff, how they feel about you. But as a man, you just need to be involved in the decision making yes. and, and dictate things based on your personality. So you can't base it on what society says right. or what your homeboy says. You And this is some shit you got to kind of look at before yeah. you enter into a relationship. Like, what am I good at? Honestly, yeah. what am I good at? What What am I proficient at? What things do I do better than she does? Then yeah. that's the shit I take. Things she do better, that's what she takes. So when it comes to washing dishes, cleaning the house, my mentality for all of this shit has always been, if you bringing money into the house, we gonna divvy up everything else. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because I had a single mom who was the one that had to do everything, but she taught me how to clean, how to do a whole bunch mm -hmm. of shit. And I want to be helpful around my house. You see right. what I'm saying? Now, if you're a man who you are the breadwinner, you make all the money, she stays at home all day. That's a conversation. Right. So look, I'm the one paying everything. This is what you're going to do. Like sometimes I hear conversations about it and it sounds like some archaic shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like take your damn shoes off and <laughs> take right. your damn shoes off and do as I say type shit. And again, I'm not even knocking that if the woman is with it. Right. Right. Sonia, if your woman agreed to, to that type of uh, structure, then so be it. But in reality, black people were not making a lot of money collectively. Right. So separately, we're not making a lot of money. Right. Collectively, if you can find somebody that you love, that you can tolerate, that you're friends with, that you right. have something in common, you guys have common interests and common goals, that should supersede anything Everything. financially. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say as a man, like something I will mention, finances need to be divvied up um, correctly. And I would tell a man, you can't allow your woman to do too much more than you financially though like i think the lifestyle you guys create should be based on both of your incomes right absolutely absolutely and and i also want to leave space for um folks to give themselves enough grace and their spouses their partners grace that growth is important in in your relationships and things mm. might change and mm. what i'm good at today might mm. not be something that i just because i'm good at it don't mean that i like to do it there right? we go there um, we go and so let's have that kind of conversation i i think that it's important i know that it's important for each of us to us 
as individuals to feel feel valued in mm -hmm. whatever relationship we're in, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care the level of the rate. I don't care if it's a parent child, if it's a sibling, if it's friend, if it's spouse and intimate partners. In those relationships, there is a trust factor that have I trust that you got my best interest at heart. And That's so what's most important. Even if I don't bring in the most money, I trust that you're gonna make sure that we are good, right? Mm -hmm. So trust is important. Um, um, I, I personally believe that once we get past the trust thing, that it's about establishing boundaries and expectations. Because as a 25-year-old, 26-year-old, when I met my husband, my the, I think that the expectation he had of me, I had of him, and even what our parents had of us, right, was one thing. But I can tell you as a 52-year-old mother and wife that my expectations of me have changed. And so what I expect to do and how I show up in the world is different from the naive 25, 26-year-old Sonia. Like, she's gone. And I, I need to keep <laughs> she gone. I love her too. But today at 52, these needs is not about to stand at no kitchen sink for no hour after I've cooked and right made a meal for a household of 10 plus sometimes. Mm -hmm. My back begins to hurt, my knees begin to hurt, and my kids, my husband, they see it physically. It physically shows up in their face. It's not mm -hmm. something that I just complain about just for the sake of complaining. So I'm different, and, and we have to give each other grace and space to grow and change. That makes that makes sense, Sonia, because if you and I guess when you meet someone matters. If you meet them in your 20s, both of y'all may see life a, a particular way. Both of y'all may have an idea of how things are supposed to move forward. Right. That shit may change. But what happens, I think, is sometimes for one of for one person, you may be changing how you see what the roles should be in your relationship. Right. You just ain't told nobody yet. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Because and we gotta I, tell each other, we gotta communicate. We can't assume yeah. that. Just, I, I fell in love. Well, that's not that's people not that that's the auspice. Motherfuckers be under. I think you need to because I know men who think in their mind a woman should be the one that cooks and cleans, mm -hmm. and I don't do none of that shit. But right. having created an environment with either their finances or just their mentality that they're bold enough to tell a woman this is what I want. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So then you find yourself being kind of resentful towards yeah. a woman and all this shit, all because you didn't establish what you wanted up From front. But it's important that you will stay. And men, be careful what you say yeah to. I've been in this mentality where sometimes I just don't want to deal with shit. Yeah. Like, whatever. Do it. You got to. You better care about everything. everything. About every small little thing that's about to happen or that she wants to do. Your ass better care about it because Absolutely. you will find yourself in a situation not wanting to do something or feel pushed into something, which in reality, all you had to do was say no. Right. All you had to do was say it's not something I'm willing to do. And then we can right. go from there. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. But if you if you find yourself where you're always saying yeah to some shit, it's going to be a whole pile of shit you don't like doing or want to yeah. do. But you're doing it because your woman wants you to. And that that's unhealthy. 
for Absolutely. men to think that. And that's not about money. That's not about no. having her more money than you. You have more money. Because even if you have more money, you can still fall into the same trap. That's why money is Absolutely. just a tool that it's we can tool. use to get us where we need to be. But what do you say yeah to? What do right. you what do you stand on, men? Right. What things right. about your life and your future in your household that you want to see happen and you stand on it and then y'all come to the table and decide what's going to happen? Absolutely. But if you be like, I don't care, just do whatever, then you're going to find yourself in trouble. Find yourself in a whole lot of trouble. You you won't know. You know, you'll look up one day and be like, oh, we did. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I would also say as we are giving ourselves space to to grow and to change, um, that we also want to have, you know, those those verbal check-ins like, okay, this is impacting me in a different kind of way. I said yes to this 10 years ago. And we have to readdress, you know, and, and reaffirm each other because mm -hmm. I, I think that the most successful relationships are those who reaffirm one another. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's to that's not just a reaffirm you in I value you as a person and what you bring to the table to our relationship, our family dynamic and our household. It's a I see you working hard. I see you and the contributions you make to our household. Mm -hmm. I value your opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's that sometimes is it, it's not so much even the money. That's the tool. Right. It's the um, the the mentality that sometimes men, even women. Right. I, I think that women sometimes, too, especially if they've been in, in a single situation for a long time mm -hmm. that they find themselves in. I'm the one that make the decisions or you can't tell me what to do kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm just a, a firm believer that when the communication is broken, all, all things can be, all things are broken. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. All That's true. Because I think like, I don't think men should be in a position where you can just tell a woman what to do and she does it blindly. Right. I, I would prefer a woman who's strong minded, who going to question things, have a conversation with me. But, right. but I will say there needs to uh, men need to build up enough respect and accountability in their yeah. household where if I do say something right in a certain tone or a certain level of seriousness, the people in the household need to uh, need to follow my lead. Yeah. Because if danger comes to this house, I'm going to be the one ex uh, in that everyone expects to deal with said right. threat. Right? right. So I need to be given the same amount of liberty when I say, hey, this needs to happen or hey, that needs to happen. Because like just speaking from the masculine and feminine real quick, men, when something when drama or something comes to your doorstep, any type of physical threat, we should be the ones to handle that. But you got to yeah. get out of the way and let me handle it. And you got to believe I'm telling you the truth. Right. When I say, right. look, it's about the goddamn rain. Put on your coat. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> It's discretion. I, I'm I'm going to you know shamelessly admit that I am a connoisseur of um, reality TV, and so you know when the housewives. I like series, how you put that. I like how you put that. No, no. <laughs> I am a connoisseur of the ratchet ass shit that come on TV. I'ma be honest with you. So when these shows started to take off, my husband would be like, "Ooh, that's some. Why you watch this?" I'd be like. Man, if these people with all these money is going through that, uh -huh. this gives me like a, a, a fly on the wall perspective of damn money ain't everything, first money. off. Yeah. Right. 
And secondly, that we all human. Mm -hmm. And so we all, uh, money ain't going to change your heart. Money ain't going to make you not be bleed if you get cut. Mm -hmm. you, you, They still go through the stuff. So, you know, I look at these shows now and I'm like, I, I will send sometimes. I'll take my, my phone if we having an issue <laughs> and I'll pause the show and I'll take my phone and I'll videotape just that little segment <laughs> and I'll send it to him. And he'd be like, um, is that for you or for me? I'd be like, I, I, it's just something that resonated with me. <laughs> yeah. So we have to, not only are we in creating the things that work for us as individuals, right? And in our relationships that are very personal, close and dear to us, mm -hmm. we also have to be um, watching those people who we trust. So if we have a, a um, an example of parents or, you know, elders who we watched um, grow into their relationships into old age, you want to ask questions and get, you know, like, how, mm -hmm. how did y'all get this to work? Right. Mm -hmm. Don't feel as though you are on an island and that you got to figure out this stuff alone because really there's no manual mm -hmm. and every marriage ain't the same for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. I can tell you honestly that about 10, 15 years ago, my circle of friends, there were probably about eight couples that we would get, we tried our hardest. Our, our thing was we wanted to get together on a monthly basis just to have dinner and conversation. If the women wanted to go in, in another room and have a conversation, if the men wanted to go into a room and have an, a conversation, but we wanted to make space for upholding each other in black marriages, right? Mm. And so we did that for several years until we figured out that it was all pumping circumstances. We saying one thing in person to us as a collective, like we saying, okay, well, if you really going through that, let's work through that. And then slowly but surely, couple after couple after couple, the cracks were too, you know, because they hearing each other, they listening to each other's advice and they like, oh, well, such a, you using that as ammunition against your spouse. Every mm. relationship is not the same. And and I don't ever, like, I, I wish my husband would have ever came to me and said, well, you know, this works in the, in the, uh, such a, such. I'm so sorry that that works for her and him. That that, yes, I'm our relationships you. are between the it's between the two people. And I've said it several times, but I think everything needs to be created with you two. Yeah, yeah I know you have traditions that you're bringing into the relationship based on how you were raised, based on your circumstances as a kid. I get that. But if we're going to build some shit, we got to build it from the ground up, yeah. like literally everything. What we believe in. Yeah. What are we going to celebrate? And let me say two more things. One is that the value of money, everybody's value of money is so different. This is like, very true. I, I don't need to be rich, right? Because the value of money for me is I, I value experience. I value connection. I value mm -hmm. presence. To me, that's what I value in my relationship. Mm -hmm. We can be poor, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And if we together doing it together, robbing Peter to pay Paul, that's my happiness. It's mm -hmm. the experience. It's the it's the love and the connection. Let me also say that as I've grown in it's 25, 26 years this year. Um, and if the last 10 years have been a struggle because that's that's been a huge growing period. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I, I I hope that we don't think that we that we got all the answers. And mm. that just because we did it one way that we can't try another way. And I don't oh, want people true. to take, like, I, I hear, hear me out, Black folks. I don't want us to take therapy off the table. 
Mm. Like we have, we are a people who have been traumatized from generation to generation. And it's, it transfers from mother to, from in the womb to child. Mm. And so we're carrying traumas from past generations. And so there are lots of things that we think that we're okay with and really and truly it's trauma. And really and truly, it's a mechanism of survival. How about we stop trying to survive and start trying to thrive? And, and some of the ways that we can thrive is to get healed from those things that we've been suffering in survival mode for. Like, if I always got to be on the attack like this, like ready to fight, mm-hmm. and everybody gets my, my fist, and it's coming, because you can see that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock if you buck, right? <laughs> I'm for real. But can the soft side of Sonia be something that you appreciate too. And so I think that we have to begin to have these conversations, especially if we want to mirror to the next generation as Mm -hmm. they bring partners into their lives. Like I don't want my kids. I tell my kids all the time, your daddy ain't never, y'all have never heard him call me a bad name. Mm. I have a 29 year old, a 25 year old, a 22 year old. My oldest two boys, unfortunately, because of the climate of the culture, right? I've heard them say some things to their girlfriends, and I'd be like, Where you get that from, huh? Well, all of you want to fight me. You called her what? Do you know? Oh my, you're breaking her. She is going to resent you. She is going to hate you. Like, don't do that. You didn't, yeah. you didn't get that as a model. Now, you got some other things that, you know, you didn't see be modeled. And not just by your father as a man modeling for you. Mm-hmm. And look, my, my sister-in-law, Janetta's on here. She was one of the couples. With, she and, and my ah, brother, okay, good, good, good. Communication, boo, I'm telling you. But my boys, when I tell them, you have models, you get to choose. Mm-hmm. You get to choose the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Mm-hmm. But if you choose the bad, You've seen what the outcomes are. Mm-hmm. You've seen mm-hmm. that in play. Mm-hmm. So since you've seen that in play, won't you try something different? And yeah. I, I'm just like, right now, I'm in this phase of, ooh, let me call my therapist today because you really just set me on edge and I don't know if we're going to make it tomorrow. <laughs> no, that that's a good point because when earlier I was mentioning, like, be careful what you accept, right? Like, yes. be, be, be careful what you agree to. But sometime you can be, agreeing to something based on the traumatized 14 year old who didn't get the love from his mama or didn't have the attention or affection from his father. So you're agreeing to some shit based on a trauma based mentality based on hurt and pain. And I think sometimes we come out of that. Like now we're not dealing with some of those same traumas. We have a better understanding of things, but then we say, well, wait a minute, damn, I don't already agreed to, <laughs> 27 different things over 15 years. Yeah. How do I undo all this shit? Yeah. Like, how do I go back and say, you know what? I was just playing. <laughs> you go back and you say that I'm human and I'm sorry, but this ain't working for me no more. This we ain't working for me no more. We and then we and then that's a crossroad. Sometimes yeah. we be scared to get to that crossroad. This yeah. can be it. Like if we and that could be amicable, like it don't have to be a big throwdown fight. But if we saying, look, these, these are the things I agree to now that I'm not gonna agree to late, that I don't want to agree to anymore. Yeah. What do you do? You have to have that conversation. I know sometimes men, we don't talk me and I'm guilty of this, yeah. like not holding stuff in. Then it comes out in a negative way, like yeah. not I appreciate communicating on the spot. That. 
I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I really and truly, I, you know, if if your wife ever says to, yeah, mm, mm, you know, the things that we do when we hold our stuff in, right? Yeah. Because it's almost like a biting of the tongue. Um, yeah. I just want to say as, as a woman, as a sis, like I see that and I appreciate men who say, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't done some stuff and, and I shouldn't have held that in and it manifested in this way. And mm -hmm. I didn't even know that that's how it was manifesting, mm -hmm. but it came out in that way and I didn't connect the two to each other. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have to be aware of those things. And and I, like I said, I can't say enough. We change over time. Give we ourselves grace. And if you love somebody to the core of who they are, give them grace to grow. Mm -hmm. And if you can't grow with them, give them grace to let them go. Mm, that was that was a bar right there, Sonia. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode yes. of the Combo Podcast. But this is important. Man, like, who makes more money? What does it matter? Does it matter to you? You better think about this shit. You better establish what you want, what you will do and what you won't do. Yeah. And 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 understand where it's coming from. Like, yeah. make sure it ain't coming from because you used to get abused, or make sure it ain't coming from the fact that your family didn't have money, so now you're traumatized and you need all type of new and flashy shit simply because you didn't have. You better get help, like get a therapist, a shrink as they call it. Right. Get have someone to speak to, a close friend maybe. I would say maybe a therapist or something yeah. because sometimes friends can be a little tricky. You know what I mean? But do the work. Basically, be and first. You got to admit that there's a problem. You feel me? So I'm your brother Harrison. So I'm gonna tell everybody where they can find you. I recommend going to my website, which is Ascribe Success A S C R I B E Success.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Ascribe Success, just like it is. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see the funnier, you know, vulnerable, um, oftentimes uh, unapologetic side of me, I am Sony Baloney Williams Lewis. And um, that page you can only follow as a fan, so you might not get a lot of access because it's too many folks. I'll be like trying to delete when the last. Yeah. I heard from that person delete delete you know <laughs> uh, one last comment that I seen came up in here I had to learn to hold back learning who you are daily oh my god that that's a good point um that's my sister-in-law Janetta I love her to death but again we have to be very conscious about how we show up and take up space because mm -hmm. you know when we're talking about money Harrison it might be I learned the value of money based on what I can do for you Right. Mm. So e we got to even tread the line very cautiously. Trans transactional. Yeah. Because right? I, I don't like that transactional kind of love. <laughs> and I think that kids learn that lesson when we talk about allowances. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be the lesson that you learn if I give you an allowance. The, the lesson I want you to learn is on the value of money and how you spend and save your dollar. I don't want you to think, oh, you can go do more chores and then get some more money because there's no value in, in the actual money. So transactional, yeah, yep. transactional love. Yeah, you want to I question that all the time. Yeah, no. Definitely, definitely. Well, everybody, do me a favor and follow me on uh, Instagram at Melanated Combo 100. Melanated Combo 100. I'm your brother, Harrison. PrecisionCreates.com yes. is the website. If you need to order some custom shirts, I have some original apparel on the website as well. Support a black business. This has been the Melanated Combo Podcast. Me and my sister Sonia. Happy to be back on with your sister. Everybody have a good day. We out.